0: going on homies my name is Juan and this is another episode of Corporate FC this is uh, I believe this is episode number 10 now episode number 9 that one I dedicated entirely to to Manchester United and all the all the shitty things that were happening there that are still happening there but that was a while back Um, so today's episode is going to be a little continuation of that and not necessarily all of it um it is going to be surrounding Manchester United because um unless you live under a rock which you know it's a a common saying i guess anyway that's besides the point Jose Mourinho got sacked today so this dude was let go he was fired and uh yeah no i mean we all saw it coming uh, i saw it coming um Perhaps you saw it coming and you're like, yeah, you know, it makes sense. Uh, probably happened a little a little too late. You probably thought it was going to happen earlier in the season. Um, but no, man, fucking ant or woman, you know. Hey, no discrimination up in here. Up in this bitch. Uh, no discrimination. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean... Honestly, I ex- I expected this dude to last at least through the end of the season. And while he was, you know, kind of like how it happened with uh, Louis Van Gaal. Uh, Louis Van Gaal finished out the season, um, did whatever he needed to do, won the, uh, not the community shield, but he won. I, re- I just remember he beat Chelsea in, in, in one of his last games in charge. And he was still let go, obviously, because... That was already. It had already. I'm. assuming it had already been communicated to him that he they were going to let him finish out the uh, the season while they were conducting interviews to find a suitable replacement for long term. Keywords long term, uh, and then in comes Jose Mourinho, and man. If you know me personally and we've talked about this. you know that I did not want this dude to come in and take the take the helm at Manchester United mainly because Manchester United in the era of Sir Alex Ferguson um, and you know in just in general so, uh, the identity of Manchester United was attractive attacking football. We're not talking about, Uh, The style of Pep Guardiola, or we're not talking about the style of uh, Johan Cruyff when he was at Barcelona. We're not talking about that sort of uh, uh, possession-heavy, like-minded mentality at Manchester United. Because it it, it was not. It was not. Pep Guardiola, his, his whole mentality and philosophy is maintain possession of the ball, but with a purpose. Not just for the sake of keeping possession, because that... That could translate to you keep the ball in your back half and you just pass it between your defenders and you just keep passing, 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 passing. You keep the ball, keep the ball, blah blah. But then if you don't, if your end result is not, you know, a shitload of goals, then you're just keeping possession without a purpose. And that's not what Pep Guardiola's philosophy is. His philosophy is keep the possession, but with a purpose, and the purpose being attack and score because. The team that scores the goals is, the, well, the team that scores the most goals wins, obviously. Uh, but anyway, so the mentality at Manchester United, even before Jose Mourinho arrived, and even before Louis Van Gaal arrived, and even before Sir Alex Ferguson appointed his predecessor, or his successor, my mistake, his successor, uh, David Moyes, another Scottish man, Scotland. Um, Yeah, so that, was the, so that was the identity of Manchester United. Attractive style of attacking football or soccer view in the US. And that's the way it was. You know what I mean? So as a matter of fact, and I know I stuttered there for a second, give, give me a fucking break. English is my second language. Haha. <laughs> um as a matter of fact, even before Ferguson retired and when he was looking for his successor, um, one of the names that came up was Jose Mourinho, because I, I believe at the time, uh, he was still at Real Madrid, but classic Mourinho, he was on the last, you know, and the last thread of his, uh, of his stint at Real Madrid, and he was on the verge of leaving there, um, so he was one of the potential candidates to replace, well, not to replace, but to succeed Sir Alex Ferguson at Man United, and... One of the reasons that didn't happen was because Sir Alex Ferguson was said to the board of directors. He said, look, this guy is all about defense. He's a defensive minded uh, coach or manager, whatever you want to call him. He's all about park the bus. Um, he doesn't necessarily play, you know, attractive attacking football or soccer. Um He's all about the counter-attack. He's all about the long balls. Um, He creates conflict wherever he goes. This was a known fact already because he had caused controversy at Chelsea. Then he went over to Real Madrid. He he caused controversy there with Iker Casillas, the fucking, the Real Madrid legend um, that even superseded uh, David Beckham and the Galacticos and all that shit. Fucking Iker Casillas, the Real Madrid legend along with Raúl. So Mourinho caused conflict there, so Sir Alex Ferguson was like, "Yo, if you hire this guy to to uh, succeed after me, you're not gonna have a good time." He pretty much, he pretty much foresaw what the future would look like with a Manchester United under the the uh, under the uh, what would you call it like the cap not the captaincy but under the 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 fucking the direction of Jose Mourinho. So he saw that, and he's like, "No way, man! Um, I'm not gonna leave Manchester United in the hands of that guy." So he pretty much shut that idea, the whole idea down, <clears throat> and he pretty much handpicked uh, David Moyes to succeed him. Now, was that a complete and utter failure? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I believe that Sir Alex Ferguson, at that point, couldn't have given too. Well, no, that's uh, that's that's a little too far stretched, but. So he pointed uh, David Moyes, you know, to David Moyes' credit. He was doing a fantastic job at Everton. Um, he had a good group of players there. And, and then we, when, when he was appointed the Manchester United manager, he brought along with him uh, Morgan Schneiderlin and Marwan Fellaini. Uh, one of them was a huge flop at Man United. Louis Van Hal didn't want to use him. Jose Mourinho didn't want to use him, so he was sold. I believe he was sold back to Everton. And, and then we all know Fellaini. This guy is a hit or miss. Sometimes he plays extremely well. And then sometimes you're just like, dude, how do you play for Manchester United? But anyway, that's besides the point. So Jose Mourinho was sacked this morning in, in Manchester. Uh, the executive vice sh- chairman Ed um, Woodward. Apparently met face to face with the guy and just, you know, straight up told him, hey, you know, thank you. Thank you for participating. Thank you for your efforts. But, you know, you're considered surplus now to requirements. So we're going to effective immediately. You are no longer the manager of Manchester United. Now, you're probably all wondering if you do follow soccer or football as passionately as I do. Um, You're probably probably wondering, speculating. Uh, who's going to be the the next manager at Manchester United? So let me give you a quick, a, a just a quick rundown. So right now Manchester United does not have a manager, so they're going to appoint what is called a quote unquote caretaker, and that could probably either be uh, Michael Carrick because he was pretty much the understudy for for Jose Mourinho. Um, So it would either be Michael Carrick. There's also an ex-Manchester United player that became later a coach, uh, Lauren Blanc. Uh, That's a possibility. And there's a few others that would just be caretakers. So these are just interim. These are just temporary. They're not going to be there for the long term. Now, while while whomever becomes a caretaker for Manchester United for the remainder of the season, while they try to steady the ship and at least – it seems impossible, quite honestly – uh if if they achieve it they might even get the nod to to take over um but that's at least getting in the top four of the uh of the premier league uh right now we're sitting in sixth or yeah right now Manchester united sitting in sixth sixth place so that's pretty hard that's going to be pretty tough but anyway while while the caretaker tries to steady the ship tries to muster up some sort of Competition against PSG, Paris Saint Germain, uh, in the Champions League, and we they tried to come up, you know, get, get muster up as many points as they possibly can to finish top four. While they do that, the the executive board of directors, Edward Ed Ed Woodward included, while they were gonna while they're going to do is uh, they're going to conduct a what they call a thorough. Um, Interview process to find a long-term replacement. Now, this is not like well, technically it's, it's another successor, but this one is definitely a replacement um for the now-sacked Jose Mourinho. Now, you might be asking yourself, like, okay, well, we we kind of knew all of this, man. So why, where the fuck did you feel the need to to create a podcast about Jose Mourinho being sacked? And then let me tell you, hey, pump your brakes, bro, or bra, you know. Pump your fucking brakes. There's, there's, there's a purpose. There's a purpose to. There's a purpose to this podcast. And then let me use a fucking god. This is a this is such a corporate term. It it definitely does not sound corporate. But this is as corporate as it gets. Um, when fucking god, I hate it so much inside of me. I die to, I die a little bit, a little bit more each time I hear this being used in the corporate setting. But it goes along the lines of this. And it's typically somebody from upper management. I know I'm also upper management. Oh, yeah, I haven't told you guys that story. I I, I told that story in Spanish. Uh, I haven't told you guys in English. But I'll I'll get to that sometime. Um, However, um, yeah. So somebody in upper management, they're like, trust. Trust the process. Just trust this initiative. Trust me. There's a method to this madness. Dude, the moment I hear those fucking words... I lose respect in whatever the fuck it is that you just said. I don't even pay attention anymore. Whenever you feel the need as an upper, as a management, as whatever, when you're like, uh, there, there's some, tr- trust the process. There's a method to this madness. No, there isn't. My man or woman, no, there isn't. There's no fucking method to no fucking madness. Dude, it is what it is. It's a process. You're trying it out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That there, there is absolutely no fucking method to no motherfucking madness. And you can tell I'm passionate about this. Because, cause yeah. But anyway, but there is a purpose to this, my podcast. Manchester United does not have a director of football. Now, you might be wondering, hey, man, what the fuck is a director of football? And, I, and let me reply to you, homie. Give me one second. I'm going to give you the definition of what a director of football does and is, and then we'll go from there. Okay, give me one second. I'm opening up my phone. I got to look because I saved it. I promise you I saved it and it's happening. Uh, I just need to figure out. Okay, here we go. So, a director of football is a senior management figure at a football club or soccer club most commonly in Europe. The exact nature of the role is often unclear and causes much debate in the sports media. The presence of a director of football acts as an intermediary between the manager and the board and may relieve pressure on a manager by handling aspects away from day-to-day coaching, allowing a manager to focus on on on-pitch performance. The director may also help to stabilize the club, Many examples exist of directors stepping in as caretaker managers on the departure of the manager. The director, often an experienced football figure or soccer figure, may also positively advise a less experienced manager or the board of a less well-developed club. Perfect. So a director of soccer or director of football if you're in Europe. Manchester United doesn't have one. They haven't had one since Sir Alex Ferguson retired. Because when he retired, the director of football back then who worked hand-in-hand with Ferguson, and they both knew each other very extremely well, and they worked together well, um, because they, they had their spouts here and there. But for the most part, it was a positive relationship. Um, when Ferguson retired, this guy, David, David Jill or David Hill, he also, you know, he, he said goodbye to the club. And ever since, um, they have not appointed a director of football. So what so in other words, what is a director of football? So they put it to this way. At the end of the day, at the core of it all, Manchester United is a business. And what is a business? What is the goal and sole purpose of a business? It's to make money. And to make money for whom? Well, for the stakeholders, for the board of directors, for the CEO, for the owners, so the Glazer family. So all these peeps that are like high up there in the organization, they're in it to make more money. It's not a charity. It's definitely a non-for-profit. It's not a non-for-profit. Manchester United is through and through a fucking business that's in it to make money. So get let's let's get that straight. Let's get that squared away, okay? So then, what happened when when the director of football under Sir Alex Ferguson, well not under Sir Alex Sir Alex Ferguson, but what happened when David Hill left or David Gill or whatever? When he left, um, there was this side of the corporate. So there was a corporate side of Manchester United that you know they they sort of revolutionized. The the industry in for European clubs when it came to marketing, um, when it came to the branding, uh, so much so that Manchester United, as as late as last year and possibly still this year, they're the most profitable club in the world, in the fucking world. I'm seventy five percent sure of this by the way so if if i'm you know if there's some statistics that you have there that you know you, you can you can kind of uh, you can kind of disprove what i just said hit me up we'll talk about it but other than that so on that aspect aspect of things as far as generating revenue goes yeah manchester united is the best they're the fucking best but let's fi- let's fast forward to now them not having a director of football. So the fact that Manchester United as a business is extremely profitable and it, they're the number one doesn't doesn't necessarily translate directly into results. It doesn't necessarily transfer directly into winning if that makes sense. So where does a director of football come in? So the vice president, or the, the the so Ed Woodward, he's corporate. This dude knows jack shit about football or soccer. He doesn't. This is why when Jose Mourinho was like, "Hey man, I need a fucking center back because the center backs that I have right now they suck dick." Pardon my French. I'm just a little passionate about this topic. So anyway, it, it's so. Uh, yeah, Jose Mourinho, had his he definitely had his shortcomings. He had a temper. He creates conflict. He always wants to be the, bigger than the club. It's all about him, this and that. La-di-da, yes. But to his credit, he's somewhat of a soccer genius. He is. He has. Dude, when we played against Manchester City, they were able to overcome a 2-0 deficit, and then they came back, and then we won. Anyway, so he's that sort of genius. Um, but anyway, let's give let's give credit what credits do. However, aside from from the negative aspects of Jose Mourinho, this dude was like, "Hey, board of directors, hey Ed Woodward, here's the list of players that I want to acquire in the summer," and possibly half of that list contained decent center backs. And what is a center back? They're, they're, they're the defense, man. They're the core of the defense. They're pretty much right smack down the middle of the defenders just in front of the goalkeeper. Um, Manchester United right now, they have Chris Smalling, Phil Jones, Marco Rojo, Eric Bailly. So those four dudes are through and through. They are center backs. They all fucking suck so bad. And here is how you know that Ed Woodward doesn't know what the fuck he's doing when it comes to just football or soccer. It's because this dude literally just extended the contract of Chris Smalling for another season when he shouldn't be doing that. Here's another thing. Here's, here's another reason you know that the, that the board of directors and the executive people at Manchester United, they're good at doing business, but they don't know, they don't know the, the football or the soccer aspect of things. They extended Jose Mourinho's contract to I believe it was a year and a half or two years uh, when after he first began, I think it was like a uh, a year or two before his actual his original contract expired. Now that shows you an experience. At that point, Mourinho was uh, had won the didn't even win the league. At that point, Mourinho had acquired second place in the Premier League, but they were 19 points behind Chelsea, uh, Manchester City. So with that in mind, Ed Woodward was like, hey, Mourinho, we're gonna extend your contract to show you that we you have our full support and you have all the we have all the confidence that you're gonna that you're gonna take us to to the highest levels of the European competition. Dude, that was a fucking a complete and utter mistake. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe me, um Gary Neville pretty much t- talked about this. Gary Neville is a pundit, or he's, he's an analyst for, for an English uh, channel or whatever. And he pretty much touched on the same point. He said, I don't understand why you would give Jose Mourinho, uh, who, whose contract was not even close to expiring. Why would you extend his contract right then and there? You shouldn't have done that. Because you made him comfortable, you gave him peace of mind instead of keeping him hungry and saying, "Okay, this is your second year. You got, you won the uh, the Europa League and then you won the uh, an FA Cup, I believe, um, and now you're and then you've achieved second place. Show me what else you got for your third season at Man United for your third year. Show me what you got, like Rick and Morty. Show me what you got, but they didn't. The the fucking the board of directors and or Ed Woodward was like yeah no let's yo here we go brand new contract just for you my man fucking living it up boom look at where they're at now I think they have to pay like for letting him let letting him go and just because Manchester United for this season still they they remain in the Champions League however long they do um, they have to shell out like upwards. I think south of 23 million euros, something like that. It's ridiculous. Um, so Mourinho's Mourinho's sitting pretty. He's like, yeah, that's cool, man. It's all, I'm not I'm not worried about my future. Um, but yeah. So, what would a director of football have done differently? A director of football that knows the soccer aspect of things as well as the business side of things. Would be the liaison or would be the middleman between the motherfuckers at Manchester United that know the business side of things and the manager that knows all the soccer thing things. So that that pretty much relieves the pressure from the board of directors towards the manager and from the manager towards the business aspect of things. So had the and another article came out that Ed Woodward wanted to appoint a director of football, excuse me, a director of soccer or football. But ho- apparently, Jose Mourinho didn't want to work with one. So, maybe that's also to his own detriment. Um, you know, the past is the past. Jose Mourinho is now a part of Manchester United's history. Um, it's time to, to move on and look forward. But now, what M- Manchester United needs to do before they appoint a fucking manager is to get their shit together And pick a director of football or soccer. Um, I'm kind of tired of fucking doing that. I'm just going to say football, man. If you listen to a podcast, you know this is about soccer. But it's about European soccer, so it's football. Anyway, yeah. So that's what Manchester United needs to do. And that's that's why teams like Manchester City, I believe PSG, I also believe Liverpool, all of these top teams in Europe, they all have directors of football. You need to have that buffer between the people that know the business and the people that know the the football. That way, you allow the manager to focus on football. So it's like, yo, your job is to make us win because winning can definitely translate into generating revenue. Most definitely, you can translate winning into generating revenue. However, if you only focus on the business aspect, You cannot necessarily transfer that into winning. Case in point, look at Manchester United right now. On the business aspect of things, they're number one. On the footballing aspect of things, yeah, it's uh, it's a fucking mess. It's a clusterfuck is what we call it. Anyway, but yes, Manchester United right now, what they need to do is they need, before they appoint anyone else, they need to fucking figure out who a good director of football will be first hire that person. And then, or maybe simultaneously, not maybe so simultaneously hire a director of football and conduct a thorough, please Manchester United. If you, if anyone at Manchester United, which by the way, Mm -hmm. I hope sometime in my lifetime, I can move to Manchester and fucking work anywhere in the organization. I don't care. I'll be an intern. It doesn't matter. I'm pretty savvy. And I'm pretty sharp and I catch on quick. Uh, and I love soccer. And I love football. So if anybody's listening from, uh, from, from Manchester United, hey, please. Um, I can travel. I can work in the U.S., anywhere. Uh, I can work in Mexico. Um, I'm willing to move to Manchester if it's necessary. I'll do whatever, man. Please. But that's besides the point. Uh, yeah, so simultaneously hire a director of football and conduct a thorough interviewing process to finally find a long-term solution at the manager, because we, yes, I'm not ashamed to say this. Like I've told you, I consider myself to be the biggest Manchester United fan in the American continent, not in Europe, not in the European one or any other, of the other continents, because I haven't lived there. I'm not from there. Never been. Uh, you know, I, I can't claim something like that. But for the American continent, fuck yeah! Challenge me, bro. Come on, come at me, bro. You got nothing, I dude. I can I can talk Manchester United all day, but also I can talk about every other European club because at the end of the day, I love football. I love the Champions League. I love the UEFA uh, Europa League. I love the the, the Nations League. There's new stuff from from UEFA. I love the Euro Cup. I love the World Cup. All of that. Um, but yeah, so. That's what Manchester United needs to do. They need to appoint a director of football while conducting a thorough interview process to select a long-term manager because at Man United, we are not in the business of hiring managers and sacking them almost immediately. A la Chelsea. But that's mainly because of Roman Abramovich. That dude, hey, he's a multi... I think he's a... No, he's a billionaire, so he can do whatever the hell he wants. But anyway... That's it for me, peeps, homies. Um, that was my rant—not necessarily a rant. It was just more of an explanation of what the hell is happening at Manchester United. Because if for one second you think it was all Mourinho, trust me, it was not all Mourinho. Like I said, Mourinho has his shortcomings, but at the end of the day, look at it from look at it from any any other perspective. Let's say I don't know. Let's say you perform a job. Let's say you're a welder, and or I don't know. Let's say Let's I don't know, let's say you're a BMX biker and you get sponsored because you've shown a certain level of aptitude or a certain level of skill that can impress the audience and you do some some fucking awesome tricks, some radical tricks. Um but then maybe the bike or the equipment you're utilizing is not it's not up to par with your actual level. So then you go to your sponsor and you're like, "Hey sponsor, can you buy me this brand new bike? Uh, well, here's a list of, of bike models that I would like to utilize for my upcoming competitions. And it's like the sponsors going, "Yeah, no, we can't, we can't do that. It's it's either too expensive, it's not enough. Um, we want we we want you to get the best of the best. So unless you give us a list of the best of the best, because we are so and so sponsors, we're not gonna give you the equipment you wanted. So." If you don't give us what we want, then you just have to do with what you got. And that's essentially what happened to Mourinho. Um, and the way the story goes, I guess uh, Mourinho provided a list of center backs he wanted to at Woodward. Um, he obviously didn't think those center backs were either good enough, they weren't world class, Um, for whatever reasons, he felt that either the board of directors or himself, they did not feel that the, those center backs that Mourinho wanted were were the, uh, the perfect match for Manchester United. And so he basically told Mourinho that they, he was not going to get what he wanted. And the moment that happened, I believe it was at the beginning that that happened in the beginning of summer of the summer for 2018. And you could tell the moment the moment the board of directors or ed woodward the moment they go against your wishes as a manager you can pretty much tell that that was the beginning of the end um because you no longer have the backing of the board of directors and at the end of the day they are the ones with the money they are the ones that can veto any decision you make for whatever players you might want to purchase um but again, uh, just, a, just a recap, I don't think it is entirely Mourinho's fault, um, given his shortcomings, the way he alienated players like Pogba, Martial, Rashford, uh, criticizing them, you know, on live TV and saying, you know, I, at moments, you know what? He is right. He is correct. That, that statement he made after the, uh, the Champions League defeat to Valencia where he mentioned that I expect more of my players, especially those players that ask me why they don't play week in and week out. Um, yes, he has every right to say that. Yes, he is correct. But dude, fucking do it in private. Do it in the dressing room. Tell that to the players in private. Don't blast them in, you know, public television for the world to hear. And that's that's one of his downfalls. As a manager, he's a brilliant manager, but that is one of his negative um, aspects. That's one of the negative aspects that's that he brings to any football club. Is that he he feels he's bigger than the club and the players themselves, and he doesn't handle himself in a private manner. He will publicly criticize either the club or the players. And the moment you do that, people will not play for you. Um, but anyway, that's all for me, folks, homies. Uh, hopefully you liked, you liked this message. Uh, hopefully you liked this podcast. Hey, do me a favor, go into my Instagram account, Uh, it's corporate underscore FC, so corporate underscore FC, and leave me a comment, tell me, hey man, cool podcast, makes sense, or the contrary, give me some constructive criticism and say, hey man, um, you you touched on some key points, or it was utter bullshit, Uh, you know what you're talking about, do your research, whatever. As long as it's constructive criticism that will help me to not, that will help me to only get better. Do that. I'm all for it. If you're just gonna, you know, troll me and and what do you call it? Just, just be negative about things without giving me a a focus on improvement, then yeah, you can give me that as well. I mean, uh, I'm a big boy. I can take it. Um, I can take the good with the bad and the bad with the good. Uh, but please constructive criticism, constr- constructive criticism first. I want to get better. Um, so that's all for me, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, yeah. Until next time.